Alavila is no longer the general manager of your Detroit Tigers. He's no longer the vice president of your Detroit Tigers. He and the Tigers have decided to part ways. We did play a ball game on Wednesday as well. We're going to try to talk about it at the end of the show. But the reason you're here and the biggest news in the city of Detroit is Alavila and the Detroit Tigers have parted ways. Let's talk about it today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, August 11th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. What a day. What a day Wednesday was. The Tigers did play a ball game, and they did lose it, but I don't think anyone cares. And I think that we will try to talk about it at the end of the show, but... I think yesterday was a monumental win, and that's all that really matters. Wednesday was an organizational win of epic proportions. Alavila has been let go. I'll be honest, I didn't think it was going to happen. And I got the impression that Avila and ownership were on very good terms and that Avila just pretty much continued to do whatever Chris wanted him to do. And that they were just going to continue. You know, I didn't think it was uh, like a decade from now Avila would still be the GM or anything, but I didn't think it was happening anytime soon. I thought next year was going to have to be a failure as well, to be honest with you. I thought this was just going to going to keep going. And I'm very pleasantly surprised. And this is a very, very good move and a very, very good day to be a Detroit Tiger fan. And we have not, I mean, Look, this season has gone so poorly. This is probably the highlight of the season, which is sad, but true. This is probably the the, the highlight of the Detroit Tigers 2022 season is probably firing Alavila. And we're just going to put a bow on it. That's what this show is going to be. We're going to put a bow on the Alavila era. We're going to ship it out, and we're never going to speak of it again. (laughs) That's really dramatic, but... I just I think we need to let it all out there. I think we need to get everything out, all all, all of the the timeline of his his era recap, the Alavila era one final time. Uh, talk about what it means for the rest of this season, what it means for the future, and just like like I said, just put a bow on it. And I, I, the place to start is at the very beginning. I remember exactly where I was when Alavila took over as general manager for the Detroit Tigers. I was in high school. I was going into, I believe it was the August before my senior year of high school, I think. And I, I, I was at in my high school parking lot. I had a practice of some sort. I don't remember for what. And... We had all just finished, and we were in the parking lot, and we all got the notification that Dombrowski has stepped down. Nobody even cared that Avila took over. That was not the story. Much like who the interim is, shout out Sam Menzen, but it is not not important to anybody. And we will talk about it a little bit at the end of the show when we get to the what this means for the present status of the Tigers, but people just cared that Dombrowski wasn't here anymore. 
whether you were a Dabrowski defender, a Dabrowski hater, that's all that mattered to people because people viewed Alavila as the interim. Okay, he'll be the GM for the next month and a half, two months, and that will be it. And this dude will either revert back to the role he was, which was assistant GM, or he'll go to a different front office if he wants a GM role. But I don't think anybody expected him to be the GM for the next seven years. I know I sure as heck didn't. And I know a lot of people didn't. And here we are, seven years later, Alavila is finally relieved and, and is no longer. What a weight off of this city's shoulders. I couldn't have tweeted, I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches without six replies saying, hashtag fire Avila, nobody cares, or that's great, hashtag fire Avila. I, I couldn't have done anything. I, I couldn't have conversations with people. I couldn't have gone to Tigers games without people walking up to me and tell oh, fire Avila, bro. I, I'm, I'm somewhat thankful just for that aspect. I don't have to hear that that phrase ever again. Golly. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to be having flashbacks in 20 years about the summer where that's all I heard. So I'm glad in that regard. But he took over and no one cared. And then he got a, the next year. And we were like, okay. And then he got the next year. And then he got extended long term. And... It's just important to note all of the failures of this of this era. Right away, offseason heading into 2016, one last hurrah, right? Everybody knows this core is aging, whatever. 2015 was a failure, but honestly, let's be real, a ton of injuries. Nobody on that team could stay healthy. Barely anybody was healthy for a majority of the season. All your best players were hurt. You just chalk that one up to bad luck and you move on to 2016. Then you go out and you spend big money. All the money you didn't give to Max Scherzer the year before. That was a Nombrowski move. But regardless, all the money you didn't give to Max Scherzer and let him walk, you then have. And, and Mike still wants to win. So you go out there and you throw a bag at Jordan Zimmerman. You throw money at, at Mark Lowe. You throw money at Jay up um, and you you run it back and you can't beat the Atlanta Braves who were horrible, horrible in 2016 in the last game of the, in the last series of the season. And you missed the playoffs by, I believe literally a game 2017 comes around. You realize that this is kind of the same old, same old. You've taken another step back even. It's time to blow this up. Chris wants to save money. Mike passes away. Let's just blow this up and head into a full rebuild. You trade J.D. Martinez for nothing. You trade Justin Verlander for Daz Cameron, who's been about a 4A player probably. I think that's a fair assessment up to this point in his career. Uh, Jake Rogers, who has found some productivity last year before getting hurt. Uh, we'll see if he can maintain that. Certainly, there's still a lot of people that believe he's part of the future plans at catcher. So we'll see. But he's like in his almost late 20s now. And then Franklin Perez was the prized prospect in that deal. And he pitched like 40 professional innings for you before coming back in this year. He's pitched some innings down in the lower level of the minors. Not important. 
I'm, I'm not sure he'll ever touch a major league field. That That's the important part. Best pitcher in franchise history. Objectively second. That's a different argument. Okay, I can already hear people screaming through the computer. So, you have Ian Kinsler, who you trade for pretty much nothing. Uh, you Pretty much anybody of value is off the team. You go into full rebuild, and uh, you don't get too much in return. You had a team that won four straight division titles, made a World Series, uh, consistently was making the postseason almost half a decade straight of postseason appearances, almost half a decade straight of, uh, of, of division titles. And you leave that era after selling everyone you had left remaining from that era away, Sans Miguel Cabrera, you leave that era with zero prospects that are like marquee prospects in 2022 or marquee players, I should say, in 2022 that you are building the future around. Zero. Not a single one. There are some players that could still turn out. Absolutely. But as it stands on August 11th, not a single player, not a single prospect that you got from the players of the last good era of Tigers baseball are marquee players in 2022. That's that's a fact. That's a fact. That's a failure. That's a failure of a teardown. It makes it look... You traded just... Do everyone remember the Justin Upton return? You got a dude that retired from baseball like two months after the trade happened. From minor league baseball. It's just pure salary dumps. Just pure salary dumps. And oh, if you can get some prospects, cool. That's what every trade pretty much was. Catastrophic failure. We're going to keep talking about it. First, though, got to tell you all about our friends over at Blue Nile. Blue Nile is the original online jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is truly one of a kind. So if you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. They're available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So make your moment sparkle with the jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. You can shop stress-free. Find your forever piece at BlueNile.com today. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Segment two here at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay, so where did we leave off? We left off right after the teardown in 2017. No one on the team currently is is nobody that you're building around at least on the team currently was a prospect that you got during that teardown um then you go 2017 2018 no creativity no creativity even with the teardown it was all people that that were rentals and, and everything right that's that's why they claimed that they didn't get anything for jd martinez because he was a rental and there wasn't a market for a rental even though he put up like one of the best second halves like ever um so you you 2017-2018, you lose 98 games, kind of just going through the motions. You're just trying to go for a top pick. 
2019 comes along. You trade Castellanos at the deadline. You trade Shane Green at the deadline. You get, I mean, decent returns for the two of them. Let, let's be fair. Uh, Joey Wentz still considered uh, at best a B-level prospect, I guess. Travis Demerit never turned into anything, not even with the organization anymore. But for half a year of, of, a, of a reliever, sure. Uh, Joey Wentz is a pretty good return for that. And then Alex Lang for Nick Castellanos. Um, rental for Castellanos and Alex Lang hopefully hopefully is a staple in this bullpen going forward but the thing that pissed me off this entire era was the lack of creativity by anyone every single one-year deal were players with low ceilings that were just gonna fill in the gap none of them ever turned into anyone you could have flipped at the deadline None of them turned into, oh, like he's overperforming. Maybe maybe we can trade him for some prospects. He's not part of the long-term plan. But look, and the guys you signed to multiple-year deals that maybe did overperform, you completely missed their window of highest value. That is the reoccurring theme. That is the one thing that this, that this front office and this era completely botched time and time again. It was never being able to properly evaluate when a player was at its highest value, ever. Not one time. They sucked at it. It, 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 it to this day and probably forever, will be, in my opinion, the biggest reason this era failed. Avila, it, it, it was his slapping him in the face sometimes. It didn't matter. He refused to trade people at their highest value. Not trading Matt Boyd. We we just talked about some pretty rough trades and some pretty brutal free agent signings. And that's only the tip of the iceberg. We talked about Mark Lowe, uh, Gerald Saltalamakia, um, Mike Pelfrey was was brutal. I mean, there's the, the the list honestly goes on and on, right? And then in the later era, you have like the Harrisons in 2019, and and the, and the like. Jody Mercer was like a prominent player for this team for a for a year, like. It, it was it was a reoccurring theme that all the signings they made were, were were poor. And back to the original topic. I'm sorry, ADA. I got a lot going through my brain on this man. Um, but the 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 main thing they all he he was terrible at was taking advantage of players when they're at their biggest value. Matt Boyd. That's what I was talking about. Matt Boyd in at the deadline in 2019 was maybe the most sought-after lefty starter on the market and had really good strikeout numbers and really good advanced metrics at, at the at the halfway mark in the season. Um, and the only runs he was giving up was really homers, and that's why, again, like the advanced metrics kind of liked him. His ERA was solid. Again, maybe the most sought-after lefty on the market. One of the most sought-after starting pitchers on the market at the deadline, and he had years uh, of control left years of control left and what did you do nothing and then what did you do two years later you non-tendered him you did he did not even finish out his tiger's career he did not even finish out his six years of mlb service you non-tendered him you kicked him to the curb before his sixth year of service and yet at one point you could have moved him and gotten a hole. And you could say the same thing about Michael Fulmer. And that one I'm not as passionate about because there's some injuries there. And I, I think the injuries had to do with management and upper management's 
uh, the, the way that they used him, but that's a different conversation. So it is kind of still their fault in my head, but not really, but kind of yes. Anyway, you could say the same thing about Fulmer. I love Michael Fulmer. He's one of my favorite players uh, that's ever put on Old English D. He's a great human being. Uh, I, I was sad the day he pitched against us in a Twins uniform, but he, he should have been moved into objectively. Like, objectively, he should have been moved in 2018 or 2019. What did holding on to us get us? A pretty solid reliever for a team that did not ever go 500. You should have moved him in 2018. Okay. You should have moved him again in 2019. Okay. Well, now you got, when you finally traded him when he was a rental, you got, right? Like, it's just, it, it was a repetitive failure of, of maximizing players at their biggest value. That is what this front office in my head will forever be known for and what this era and what this GM will forever be known for. Not necessarily the bad trades they made and the bad signings they made, the lack of capitalizing at at the right moment and the lack of creativity time and time again. It was just, we're just going to sit here and eventually good stuff's going to happen. Look at the draft outside of the first round. Look at, honestly, to be completely frank, the first round picks that he had haven't really been that productive at the major league level yet. I still have a lot of faith in a lot of them. I still think that, that, that they're trending in the right direction. But in 2022, so far in their major league careers, not very many of the first round picks have even been that effective. And outside of Tarek Skubal, outside of the first round has really been brutal, especially from 2016 to 2019. Brutal, brutal, brutal. In the last couple of years, you've got some guys that, that people have high expectations for and, and are, are pretty highly regarded, and that's great. But for the first three or four years of this era, you completely botched everything draft-related, outside of the first round especially. <sighs> but he's gone. And what does that mean? Well, for starters, as I said earlier, Sam Menzen is going to take over day-to-day operations for the time being. I'm not even sure he's really going to have title general manager for for right now. We might just that might just be a vacant spot, like what the Pistons did a couple of years ago. Um, I, I think for the rest of the year, he might just get like he's going to run the day-to-day operations, baseball operations. So he is going to be a, essentially the GM, but they're kind of just going to divide and conquer his role. And uh, I'm not really sure they're going to have an, an overseer because there's not really any huge GM decisions that, that really need to be made the remainder of the season. The only ones are like the call-ups and send-downs for the rest of the year. But like the draft is behind us. Uh, you're not signing free agents this late. The trade deadline's behind us. It's really just sending players up and down. And I'm not sure Avila had too big of a hand in that anyway. As he said on the way out, Sam Menzen uh, was a guy that um, has, has been really hands-on lately as well. Uh, Sam Menzen also got Avila's blessing for whatever that that's worth. Uh, I know a lot of people don't aren't going to view that as really a positive thing, but Avila at one point in his tenure called him like a rising superstar and stuff. So he'll certainly get his hat thrown into the ring for taking over. What we're going to do the off season will be spent doing like GM hunt stuff, right? Where we'll talk about possible candidates and everything. Um, but for right now, I, I really just want to focus on the Avila era and, and just, and what it means that that he's gone and what this means for the future. And we'll talk about that after I tell y'all about our friends over at Liver Health Formula. Did you know the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? 
The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets rich in unhealthy processed foods and constant exposure to thousands of man-made and environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers. But now it's time it's easy and time to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting super nutrients like beet and artichoke extract, all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver and turn it into a toxin-flushing and fat-burning machine. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low energy all the time. And best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long-term. As a listener of our show, you can try the Liver Health Formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of CurbFit with your order. CurbFit is safe is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. This makes it the perfect complement to liver health formula. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try liver health formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of curb fit with your order. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to get started. All right, everybody, welcome back. Segment three here at Locked on Tigers. Uh, I have no promises that this is going to be cut off at 30. I'm really bad at that as is, nonetheless, when there's a big news day like this. Um, So there's kind of a bow on the Avila era and why it was such a failure. I think it's important to not just like dance on a grave and be like, oh, my goodness, Um, you know, like he's gone. Let's just like pop bottles and celebrate. Why was this a failure? We went over that. Now, the other thing we need to talk about is Chris Illich because he he's part of this discourse and a lot of people have said okay Avila's gone that's great but the team will never be good with Chris in charge and and this is just we're just going to keep running into the same issues as long as Chris is in charge I hate to be the one to tell you this but this is reality Chris Illich is not going anywhere first off he doesn't care about a hashtag he doesn't and keep tweeting it. If it makes you feel good, I'm all for people. I've learned that in therapy. I'm all for people using whatever outlet they can to, to, to make themselves feel better and, and whatever, if it takes a, a weight off your shoulders that then, then, you know, Godspeed, keep, keep doing it. Um, but I, I just, I don't want anyone to think that Chris Illich is going anywhere. Cause he's not, it doesn't matter how much fan, go look at any fan base. All fans hate their owners, all of them. There's like four in sports that like their owners. (laughs) They all hate them and nobody cares because they're making millions of dollars like a a week or or two weeks at a time. They're making millions. They don't care about a hashtag. They they don't care that you don't like them. They're worth billions of dollars. They're not just going to leave because like, oh, well, like, like he's the top dog. No one can fire him, unfortunately. So he's not going anywhere. I just want to make that abundantly clear now. The press conference today was horrible. <laughs> and, and this is not me saying, I, I oh, like I, I'm defending him. I want him to stay. No, I'm just not going to complain about something that's not going to happen. I, I'm not going to come on here and, and, and start a Chris sell the team campaign when I, I know it's not going to happen. So the press conference today was horrible. Chris Illich stood in front of the media and answered questions about Avila being relieved of his duties. 
Um, it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, the way he answered quite, I mean, just backstabbing left and right, just blaming everything. There was at one point, somebody asked him a question about if he regrets the JD and, and the Justin Verlander trades. And he took like 10 seconds to gather his thoughts and then said, well, I didn't make those trades. Our GM did. Al did. And uh, that summarizes Chris Illich in my eyes. And then he was asked about, uh, you know, if, if he regrets the, the role that Al had or, or, or if he regrets any of the moves Al made. And his answer was, I... In, in all my my ventures and all the things that I own, um, I like letting the leaders lead. As, so basically, he just said, "I'm hands off. I don't do anything. Um, I am a checkbook sometimes, and I just let the the presidents of all of my ventures just like kind of run the ship, and I don't really do anything of anything." Is basically what he said with that one. Um, it, it was just it, it was really bad. And it discouraged a lot of people on a day that should have been unbelievably encouraging and, and and all great news. It discouraged a lot of people. Don't let it discourage you. I know that's easier said than done, but this is a step in the right direction. It might be a baby step. We can argue about how, how big of a step it is until we're blue in the face. It's objectively a step in the right direction. And that's a great thing. You should be celebrating today. And I, and I don't know Alavila personally. He might be a good dude. I hope he's a good dude. I hope everybody's good people, right? But the fact of the matter is, he was not good at his job. And when I'm not good at my job, I hear about it all day and night from people on the internet. And when you're not good at your job, you hear about it from your boss or your coworkers or or your family and friends or maybe people on the internet as well, depending on what uh, industry you work in. When you're the general manager of a baseball team, you have millions of eyes on you. You're going to get judged by every single move that comes with the territory. And there is no easier receipt list to pull up after or even during a tenure to determine if someone is good or bad at their job. Avila was not good at his job. This is one of the biggest failures of an era in Detroit Tigers history. It is one of the... I mean, there's an argument that that this era is one of the lowest and and least effective eras in recent sports memories. I'm not going to say the history of all sports because that seems a little dramatic, but certainly in recent memory, it was bad. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel now because I think we all got to a point where it was like, okay, we're not winning with this dude. We're not getting pulled out of the gutter with this dude at the helm. It's not going to happen. And I was not the first uh, on that train. But (laughs) I'm certainly glad that uh, the last couple of years, I I, I have certainly been there. And um, there have, again, as I said earlier, and I said a couple of weeks ago, it would be ignorant to say that every single move Alavila made was stupid or that he failed on every single move that he did but i'll be darned if it wasn't a vast majority and that's what this comes down to 
And I hope we get somebody that's creative for the love of everything. And I hope we get somebody that that is not afraid to make moves because that's what the last seven years has been. It's just been a, a afraid to make the big splash. You didn't go out and get the biggest and, and best shortstops on the market. You didn't go out and get the best starting pitchers on the market. You didn't go out and, and, and trade players with years of control left to try to get big name prospects in return. You've just sat there for seven years and just hoped that something good was going to happen eventually. L- literally, that's all you did. I wish nothing but the best going forward. I, 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 I'm, I'm sure you're a good guy. Very happy to see you not be the GM of my baseball team anymore. And millions of people share that sentiment. Millions. The Tigers did play a ball game. They lost it three to two. I don't think there's that much to talk about. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think there's that much to talk about in this ball game. Drew Hutchinson started. Uh, he was able to recover nicely and continues to every Drew Hutchinson start. I say this, uh, he continues to be a guy that when he pitches, he will give up some runs, but you're never out of a Drew Hutchinson game. At least we haven't really seen it lately. He's going to keep you in the game. If your offense shows up, our offense was absolutely terrible with runners in scoring position, uh, left him loaded in the eighth. Kerry Carpenter debuted. He went 0 for 4 with 3 Ks. He looked a little uh, giddy, I guess I would call it. Uh, there, there was, you know, swinging at some balls well out of the strike zone. Not very many competitive at-bats, to be honest with you. Um, but it's game one. There's some nerves for sure. Uh, so he, they already said he's going to play Wednesday as well. That's super exciting. I say give him all the playing time in the world. Just let him keep playing. Um, what do we have to lose? Might as well see if we got something with him. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much it. That there's your game rundown. I'm sorry that uh, I we didn't do a full full game rundown like we usually do, but I feel like there's a little more pressing issues. So there's a bow on the Avila era. It will not be missed. Millions are happy it's over, and there there is hope. The other team that Illich Jones has one of the best GMs in sports. And I know that one kind of fell into his lap and it was the obvious decision. And, and I understand. Don't give me it. I host Lockdown Red Wings too. <laughs> okay. I, I I completely understand that that was basically gift wrapped to him. And it, it was impossible to pick anyone else. All I'm saying is it's possible. It's possible for an Avila run team. Sorry, an Illich run team to be run by a good GM. It is possible. Are we going to never talk about it again? I don't know if I can hold up on that end of the bargain. Probably in passing comments, I'll always make snarky comments just about how much of a failure it was. But I don't plan on doing like full. I think this is probably the last time I'll have like a deep, like deep. That's probably dramatic. A full length, like real conversation about Alavila ever again. And that makes me happy. I would like to just leave this in the past. Catastrophic failure. Objectively. 98 losses, 98 losses, 114 losses, on pace for 95 losses in a 60-game season. Then one weird year, 
where you had some players overperform and you brought in a really good manager. And even then, you, you, you went, what, seven under 500. And then now we're on pace to lose mid-90s, borderline 100 games. You're almost 30 games under 500 on August 11th. I'm so happy. You should be happy too. We're celebrating tonight, baby. We're celebrating tonight. I hope that you all have a fantastic day. Truly. I don't even want to end this episode. I just want to keep talking about how, how great this is. Seriously. that's I, I don't want to press end. I don't want to read the sign off. I, I just want to to just keep having this moment with you where we had a good thing happen to our baseball team for the first time maybe since opening day. I miss winning baseball so much. I miss turning on a Tigers game and and having it mean something. I miss pennant races. I miss playoff races. I miss going like just wars of pitchers duels. I miss our race against their race. And and we're going to see who the batter dude is. I miss going a year without getting shut out. I, I miss guaranteed offense every night. I, I love this baseball team to a fault. And and I know it's to a fault because I've been told that it's to a fault by friends, family, therapists. (laughs) I love this baseball team. And I'm sure you share the sentiment as you're here that when you love something like that and you have to repeatedly watch it just get decked to the ground every single night for seven summers in a row. It like breaks you. And again, I'm not trying to make it sound like we're just out of the water and, oh, it's just easy sailing from here and we fire our GM and magically the players are going to remember how to hit and the pitchers are going to remember how to stay healthy. And there is a long ways to go, a long ways to go. But, and this is all that matters, we all agree this team was not winning with Alavila as the general manager. He is no longer the general manager, and we're currently looking for a new general manager. And because there's not a name on who the next general manager will be, that means it could be anybody. And somebody out there on the planet can make this team win again. It's just a matter of whether we pick the right guy. But it's not the guy we had. And that's all that matters on August 11th. That's all that matters. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB. 
MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. What a ride it was for all the wrong reasons. Um, I, I truly do hope that uh, you know, wish him well and in whatever he does next. I'm just glad it's not with the Tigers organization. And we'll see what's next. Like I said, over the offseason, we'll have uh, we'll, we'll have some shows dedicated to searching for who the next GM will, is going to be and conversations about who it could be and, and who I like. I already have kind of a short list going. Um, one of them played for the Tigers for a little bit. Um, so there, 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 there's some cool names out there and there's a, a uh, unlimited amount of possibilities at the present moment, right? And that's what makes this fun. And that's what gives us that light at the end of the tunnel is the fact that anything could happen. And winning is part of anything. Onwards and upwards. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I will catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.